Well, good evening once again. Eugenio Host, Reverend John St. Germain, welcomes you to another episode of the Crystal Silence League Hour, episode number 140. Yay, we made it. I don't know what we made it to. <laughs> another even number, I suppose. Uh, and tonight we're going to be talking about, um, once again, uh, the Reverend Father Major J. Divine. J for Jealous, Major Jealous Divine. Because, as he said, God's name was jealous. He was a jealous God. Yes, indeed. So, stay with us as we uh, journey again into the world of spirit and talk about various things. I have a few things to talk to you about tonight. Um, Let's listen to some music for a little bit and get into the mood of spirit, and we'll be right back with our Crystal of the Week, our prayers, and the rather interesting, intriguing, and unique spiritual leader, Father Major J. Devine. Well, tonight I'm in a uh, I'm in a good mood. We just adopted a dog, and you know I've had cats a lot. It's been a long time since I've had a dog. We have a little dog. Her name is Evie, and she's a pit bull mix, and she has little stubby legs, so we think she might have a bulldog in her as well. And uh, she's a sweet little dog. We uh, got her. it's rescue dog, and she's rescued from a uh, by a company or a group called uh, Slum Dog Rescue. And they rescue dogs who are on an inch away from being euthanized. And she was given up by a family who apparently couldn't take them, take her with them when they moved um, by necessity to another place that wouldn't allow dogs. And um, she's three years old, and she's very sweet. She just made herself right at home, too. She um, introduced herself to my cat, Figaro, and Figaro, he likes dogs. He has befriended dogs before, and he... Watched her for a little while and then walked around her and then he goes, oh well, whatever. And uh, and she seems to like cats. She, uh, the adopted family, the uh, what are they? Foster, the foster family, said she was fine. They had like seven dogs they were fostering and a bunch of cats. And so she's good around cats and dogs and kids. And so that met all our requirements. So everybody seems to be getting along well. It seems to work out well. So been a while since I've had a dog and uh, she seems to be very interested in getting along with us so we'll see how Evie works out I think she's going to be fine um, she's not a pastor in my church like Figaro is you have to really earn that position so we'll, we'll see if she becomes a pastor or not well tonight our crystal is uh, aqua ara quartz and I will tell you that um Aqua Aura Quartz is one of those controversial crystals um, that does not occur in nature. Aqua Aura Quartz is a uh, lovely bright blue color, um, which is the result of a treatment where a quartz crystal is uh, superheated, and while it's very hot, Vaporized gold is uh, injected into the chamber, and this gold bonds to the stone surface. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, but this gold, once it bonds to the quartz, uh, turns a very bright blue, and um, 
many people feel that it has a extremely uh, powerful effect on the stone's vibrations. Um, and because it's a quartz crystal, it has uh, tremendous transformative powers. Quartz transmits, transforms, and uh, transfers energy. And that layer of fine gold raises it to an even higher vibration. <clears throat> so we have the uh, natural quality of quartz and the uh, uh, vibratory power of blue, which resonates with the third eye chakra. So it aids communication, it aids concentration, it aids psychic powers, and it helps uh, heal the entire auric field. So you can heal any kind of rupture or trauma or damage to the uh, entire auric field, uh, use it to activate the, sh the chakras, and um, intensify the vibration of any stone you wish to use because of the quartz vibration. So um, because it is a kind of a turquoise blue, it actually works with the upper triad. You can work it with the throat, the third eye, and the crown chakra. Uh, it's a great stone for um, your crystal for bringing out truth, spoken truth, psychic truth, because of the third eye, and inner truths uh, from the crown chakra, from others, and from spirits. So um, you can also sense truths in others, hidden truths, and um, deception. It's very good for uh, protecting the third eye and the chakra from psychic attack, useful in meditation, um, very good in relieving anxiety and ang uh, anxious uh, thoughts, good for raising the vibration uh, from morbid thoughts into uh, happier thoughts, and uh, very good in connecting to spirit and understanding spirit uh, communication. Uh, being quartz, very hard stone. So if you make an elixir from it, just drop it directly in the water, put it in the uh, <clears throat> uh, water directly, put it in the sun or moon, and let it um, uh, simmer in the sun or in the moon for a while. Remove the stone and then add a few drops of brandy in the water, and you can anoint yourself, anoint your chakras, sprinkle it around your environment. Um, draw a grid with it, use it in spell work. So we find this a very useful and very uh, powerful stone to work with and one that we uh, use quite a bit. It looks a little bit like aquamarine when you see it. It's sometimes uh, someone handed it to me one time and I said, that looks like aquamarine. And uh, I thought it was and then Upon further reflection, I said, no, it's not aquamarine, it's uh, aqua aura, and uh turned out that's what it was, because it, uh, when you reflect it in light, because it's uh, the gold is bonded to the surface, you'll get a kind of a rainbow shimmer that aquamarine doesn't have. So it, it can fool you, it can fool you. Uh, I, was, uh, I was thinking about uh, the, the whole idea of uh, spirit communication the other day, uh, which is a staple of the spiritual church, that's... One of the things it's a um, uh, one of the tenets of the spiritual church is that we talk to spirits, we communicate with spirits. Um, it, some spiritual churches you cannot tell the difference between uh, us and uh, a Pentecostal church or a Baptist church, uh, um, except that we communicate with spirits. <clears throat> now, uh, my church. Is pan-denominational um, or multi-denominational um, so I don't preach a specific doctrine if, if anything my doctrine would be new thought uh, with a tinge of Buddhism but we're pan-denominational uh, some spiritual churches uh, have a whole lot of uh, uh, Pentecostal or uh, Baptist or uh, um, Methodist Flavor and it depends on the person who runs the church, you know, who uh, who heads the church. Um, many uh, churches will have uh, Catholic saints. Uh, some of them have a great deal of um, 
uh, infusion of uh, who, whatever it was raised in it, you'll you'll see a whole lot of hoodoo and voodoo in it in a spiritual church. And uh, but one thing all in common, we talk to spirits, and I will tell you that um, the communication with spirits goes back thousands and thousands of years. We tend to think of spiritualism is starting in the 19th century um, in Hydesdale with the Fox Sisters, but that that's really not the case. Uh, we that's the interest of Western civilization, but even before then, um, there there were uh, spiritualists. There were people who were communicating with um, spirits. Um, there were uh, um, the modern spiritualist movement began in Hydesdale in 1848 uh, with the Fox Sisters, um, but. Um, I will tell you that there was a um, uh, a pamphlet was published in Paris in 1528 by Adrien de Mont uh, who was a preacher for Francis the uh, First, about some very strange events that occurred in the Abbey of Saint Pierre in uh, 1526, uh, when um, a young woman named Alice de Tellio. Um, who was a keeper of sacred objects went to the city and um, basically she had some valuables in her protection and she fell into hard times and suffering from disease. Um, um, she died praying for forgiveness outside of a small village. Uh, and in the Abbey at that time, there was a young nun named uh, Antoinette de Grolier, about 18 years old, described as wise for her age and of good family. And she'd come to the Abbey before uh, 1516 and when Sister Alice dying, she continually talked of her and called her name and so one night early in 1526 as Antoinette lay, lay half asleep in bed she reported that someone lifted her veil made the sign of the cross on her forehead and kissed her tenderly and she woke up very shocked because she saw nobody there and she said well I must be dreaming However, a few days later, she began to hear little raps beneath her feet, as though someone were rapping with a stick underneath the tiles of the floor. And the uh, Montalembert wrote, I, I heard it myself, and at my request, it would rap as many blows as I demanded. Now, I understand this was in 1524, 300 years before the Fox sisters in Hydesdale produced the same phenomenon by standing on a table and under their feet, similar raps would occur. The sounds followed her everywhere and were never heard when she was not present. So the nuns were very surprised and astonished by this, and they asked Antoinette what she thought was the source of the sounds. Antoinette replied she didn't know but thought it might be Sister Elise, the sacristan, the keeper of sacred objects, <clears throat> because since Sister Elise died, uh, Sister Antoinette often dreamed of her. The rapping entity was itself questioned, and through a code that they'd worked out with the spirit, it did confirm that it was indeed the spirit of Sister Elise. So the spirit was asked if it wished the body of Elise to be buried in the abbey. It said yes, it did, instead of the pauper's graveyard. And so the remains were located, disinterred, and reburied in the abbey. So the rest of the pamphlet deals with a great deal of uh, speculation and uh, uh, activities that went into the uh, disinterment and blessing, etc., of uh, uh, for the benefit of Sister Elise. But <clears throat> at one point, the uh, Sister Elise seemed to directly use the voice of Antoinette to beg for forgiveness. And uh, uh, Gold writes. Some of the events narrated could almost have taken place at a modern spiritualist seance were it not indeed that a Catholic bishop had charge of them. So at any rate, this drama came to an end in March 1526 when it seemed as though the spirit of Elise was in place. Um, <clears throat> so had this um, uh, this is a very interesting case because it's a precursor and an early parallel for later poltergeist cases in which communication had been held with a perverted spirit by means of raps. It was virtually unknown 
in the uh, in the 19th century. It, it had only recently been found by uh, investigators of the um, Society of Psychical Researchers, uh, Psychic Research. So these cases have been very numerous, and uh, through one of them, which of course was uh, modern spiritualist movement began in Hydesdale in 1848, where two young girls uh, uh, were a flurry of poltergeist activities uh, centered, uh, the Fox sisters, and it started the spiritualist movement. So if uh, Antoinette had lived at a later time and in a different setting, she might have become a very popular spirit medium. Uh, So it really wasn't until the last quarter of the 19th century that a large-scale scientific effort, even though up to then, uh, spirit phenomena, uh, spirit mediums, uh, people seeing apparitions uh, had been accepted as a part of life. I mean, you understand this, right? Uh, People seeing spirits and having spirit communication, this is just considered part of life. People accepted it. Uh, Then along in the 19th century came the Enlightenment, the uh, well, the 18th and 19th century came the Enlightenment, uh, Newtonian physics and Darwinian evolution. Uh, for most people, explained everything. So we now have an answer to everything. We don't have to fall back on God or superstition or spirits to explain anything. Newtonian physics, Darwinian evolution, that's how everything happened. But however, it really didn't. And... Uh, uh, this is really the basis of modern skepticism. They fall back on an outmoded science uh, because Newtonian physics was pretty much proven wrong uh, by quantum physics oh, almost 100 years ago. And uh, when uh, like materialists say that, uh, that uh, consciousness arises from the brain, they're falling back on Newtonian materialism, which is proven wrong. Um, Newtonian physics works very fine if you're building a house or a bridge, but if you're trying to figure out how reality works, it doesn't work. Quantum physics disproved Newtonian physics. Materialism was disproven, and consciousness was proven to play a very important role in how reality works. And it was pretty much made ridiculous that consciousness could not arise from brain. And uh, we've dealt with that on previous shows but anyway, <clears throat> uh, in the last quarter of the 19th century, uh, a large-scale effort arose, uh, not in opposition to, but in response to the uh, hardcore scientific community that said uh, there cannot be spirits, there cannot be consciousness or soul apart from the brain. And um, uh, this large-scale effort was mounted to gather and critically assess reports of communication from the dead. And this effort began with the founding of the British Society for Psychical Research and the American Society for Psychical Research, the SPR and the ASPCR, ASPR, which exists to this very day. <clears throat> you can find them online, and you can find the JSPR, the Journal of the Society for Psychical Research. Now, when people say there's no scientific groups that study this, well, there's They've been around for you know 150 years. Now, PSYCOP, the Society for the Scientific Investigation of the Paranormal, very famous because of members like Carl Sagan and James Randi and uh, people like that. Well, James Randi was kicked out because he became a lawsuit magnet. But uh, uh, they said we're the first uh, group to scientifically investigate paranormal. They were lying because there was the Society for Psychical Research and the American Society for Psycho Research that been around since 1882. So, uh, and furthermore, uh, Psychop never mounted a single scientific investigation, except one, and that was to investigate the Mars effect, and they botched it. So, uh, and uh, so uh, here we have the Society for Psychical Research, um, and um, the, and uh, they were very interested in survival after death. Uh, no doubt about it, <clears throat> uh, the, the uh, British and American Society for Psycho- Psychic Research were very interested to find impartial evidence in support of survival. Unlike Psychop, who gleefully stated in their purpose, we're going to debunk everything. 
we don't believe in this crap. We're going to debunk everything. In fact, my friend Marcello Truzzi, Dr. Marcello Truzzi, he was a, a good friend of mine, uh, was brought in to edit their newsletter, and he was very open-minded. He said, well, don't we want to investigate this and see if there's the truth to it? And they, they said, no, we want to disprove it, and he was actually kicked out because he wanted an open-minded approach, and he started his own group, SAR, uh, the uh, uh, Committee for the Scientific Anomalies Research, CSAR, and he had his own newsletter, and I was very glad to be his friend, and I helped him in many uh, of his cases, and he actually introduced me to Dr. Gary Schwartz of the Afterlife Experiments, and I served on his committee for a few times. Uh, So the 1870s was a decade that witness this uh, rapid rise of materialism in Europe. Um, so um, there were writers such as uh, uh, Thomas Huxley and uh, Tyndall. They had this uh, version of scientific materialism that really uh, shook the faith in Victorian society and in, in the church. So uh, many of the founders of the SPR were disillusioned uh, with the simple faith of their fathers, uh, you know, that God created the heaven and the earths. Um, and uh, even the simple faith in some of their fathers in science, that science could explain anything. It was too simple, too simplistic. There had to be a middle ground between God created the heaven and the earth and Newtonian physics explained it everything. There had to be a, a middle ground that allowed for the existence of the soul. So they, they, they decided, we're going to take the materialists at their own game. We're going to use sound scientific evidence that would refute the doctrine of materialism. However, by no means did these early members all share the same outlook. Several of the early investigators were extremely skeptical of survivor survival, and some were dedicated to demolishing the evidence. So um, regardless of whatever the hopes were of individual members – the SPR was formally committed to investigating the phenomena without prejudice or prepossession and in a scientific spirit. So the very first president of the SPR, imagine how exciting this was back then. There were all these spirit mediums and tales of spirit apparitions and uh, people who had stories where not only one witness, but as many as 40 people, as many as 40 people had seen not once, but several times an apparition. Not just one, two, three, four, five people, not once, but several times, an apparition, and their stories jibed. And these people got together and said, well, let's investigate this using the rigorous methods of science. How exciting this must have been. So the first president of the SPR, who was a a Cambridge philosopher, his name was Henry Sidgwick, uh, addressed the founding fathers of the SPR as follows. He said, we believed unreservedly in the methods of modern science. You see, these weren't a bunch of crackpots. These weren't flat earth society people. These were scientists. We believed unreservedly in the methods of modern science and were prepared to accept submissively her reasoned conclusions when sustained by the agreement of experts. But we were not prepared to submit with equal docility to the mere prejudices of scientific men. They were not going to bow down because, okay, I'm a scientist. I don't think ghosts exist, so screw you. You have to believe me, you see, because there are metaphysical beliefs in science, too. When scientists say, I don't believe in ghosts, that's a metaphysical belief. They don't know. Okay, And there are a lot of scientists who don't believe in ghosts, but did you know that surveys have shown that more scientists than not believe in the existence of the paranormal? That 65% of scientists believe that there's something to ESP and telepathy and ghosts? 65% do? People say, well, scientists don't believe in ESP and the ghosts. Well, some surveys say as many as 85% might. So... Depending on who you ask, it could be 65 to 80% of scientists, men of science, who say, yeah, there might be something to ESP and telepathy and, and the paranormal phenomena. It's worthy of Carl Sagan. They always quote Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan said there are three fields of the paranormal that are worthy of investigation. Reincarnation, the uh, Gansfeld experiments, which is remote viewing. It's clairvoyance. And uh, what was the other? It was um, uh, precognition. 
Carl Sagan said this, and he's the one Psychop quotes the most. He felt Carl Sagan believed reincarnation, the, the children remembering past lives, was worthy of investigation because of the work of Ian Stevenson, uh, who wrote a book called uh, 20 Cases Suggestive of Past Lives. Ian Stevenson, Ian Stevenson is somebody you should look into if you haven't, has investigated hundreds of reports of past life memories. Uh, the uh, remote viewing tests, uh, mostly by uh, uh, Charles Honderton and uh, Daryl Bem, uh, Project Stargate was part of that. And um, the uh, precognitive tests, uh, like Joseph Ryan at, at Duke University. Um, <clears throat> Carl Sagan said this, and he was a member of PSYCOP. Well, he was. He quit when he found, you know, once he discovered they were a bunch of crooks. But uh, so. Back to um, back to Henry Sidgwick. We were not prepared to submit with equal docility to the mere prejudices of scientific men, and it appeared to us that there was an important body of evidence tending prima facie to establish the independence of soul or spirit, which modern science had simply left on one side with ignorant contempt, and that in so leaving it, she had been untrue to her professed method and had arrived prematurely at her negative conclusions, observed that we did not affirm that these negative conclusions were scientifically erroneous. To have said that would have been to fall into the very error we were trying to avoid. We only said that they had been arrived at prematurely. What a wonderful statement. What a wonderful statement. Not that science was in error, just that they had arrived at this conclusion prematurely. So clearly, the work of the SPR filled a very large contemporary need to find out scientifically, was there something to this thing? Did the soul survive death? So many of the most <clears throat> capable individuals of that period devoted a lot of time, a lot of their effort, and a lot of their money to carry out this very extensive investigations that you can find recorded with great integrity in the J. SPR, the Journal of Society of Psychical Research. So some of these people are big names in science. Uh, they're Frederick Myers, Edmund Gurney, the physicists, Sir Oliver Lodge, and Sir William Crookes, the philosopher Richard Hodgson, the writer Frank Podmore. Uh, now, Myers and Gurney were, uh, were uh, devotees of the idea of survival, now, Lodge and Crooks were cautious, open-minded. They were moderate. And I'll tell you, Hodgson and Podmore uh, were ruthless skeptics. So, um, in mediumship, communication with the deceased um, is alleged to occur through various forms of physical phenomena or mental phenomena. Uh, now, the physical phenomena is wraps, objects moving, materializations, of deceased individuals, and the SPR decided early on that there were so many people faking it, they weren't going to get involved with it. Now, the medium, Daniel Douglas Hoom, had a whole lot of physical uh, materializations, and he was never caught faking it. And he did it in daylight. He did it in full view with a light on. Um, and nobody ever caught – now, there were people who said, oh, I, I saw him move something with his foot, but there were like three people that did it, and they hated him. Uh, one was uh, Percy Shelley, and he hated him. He hated him for some reason. And uh, it was said because uh, he thought that uh, Hume was a homosexual for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, he uh, he felt that he was, and – uh, it, was, it was a very strange story. You, you have to read some biography of whom to get the whole story, but he hated this guy. He goes, oh, I, well, I saw him move something with his foot. And okay, sure, man. And uh, uh, there was uh, another scientist who did, but uh, the other 20 people in the room said, I didn't see that. So uh, you see, a lot of times the skeptics will say, well, it's imagination. People see ghosts and things because of imagination, but imagination can work two ways. You can also think you see somebody do something or not see something. So, uh, you know, if, if 12 people say, well, I didn't see that, you know, a guy says, okay, I, I saw something in his hand. And 20 other people say, well, well, I didn't, you know, who, who are you going to believe? So, um, but um, 
he was never exposed as a fraud. He worked for, you know, hundreds. Uh, William Crooks, by the way, was one of the people that tested him under scientific conditions, and he he produced all kinds of phenomena under these scientific conditions. So, uh, but most physical mediums uh, perform their feats in complete darkness. So there was endless opportunities for uh, chicanery. So the SPR said, well, and many of the frauds were exposed, many, and many of the people that exposed them were SPR members. So um, even Hume himself complained bitterly about fraudulent mediums, uh, brought the entire movement of spiritualism into disrepute and mocked and made an entire shambles of its mission. So uh, the founders of SPR concentrated instead on mental mediumship, which is clairvoyance. Uh, well, the most frequent is clairvoyant mediumship, which means the medium may be in a, 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 tran- uh, a disassociated state, but not a trance. So they, the, the clairvoyant will hear or see deceased friends or relatives and transmit messages from them. That's mostly what you see spirit mediums do now. You know, They'll come out and say, okay, I'm getting a message from someone with the initial J, and it's for... Uh, you know somebody here, and they go, yeah, okay. Uh, it's it's usually in the form of symbolic messages, and the medium learns to interpret it. Okay, I'm, I'm seeing uh, a Mickey Mouse doll. Does that mean something to you? Okay, yeah, okay, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, Mickey Mouse doll belonged to me. Okay, and he's also showing me a, a picture, you know, of a dolphin. You know, that's 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 what you call the um, uh, the clairvoyant mediumship. But the most advanced form of mental mediumship is trance mediumship. Now. In this form, the normal personality is completely dispossessed by an intruding intelligence, which assumes uh, a more or less control over the speech, writing, and behavior of the medium. There's this one entity, which is called the control, that appears to communicate directly through the medium and serves to relay messages from deceased acquaintances, the communicators, to those present at the seance. These are known as the sitters. But now sometimes... It appears that a succession of deceased individuals will drop in and communicate directly through the medium. Now, in the most extreme cases, known as possession mediumship, the medium's body appears to be completely possessed by the intruding agent, and the medium's personality seems to be replaced entirely by that of a deceased individual. And in the records of of the uh, SPR, there are dozens and dozens of reported cases of the trance mediumships. Uh, It's very rare, but there are dozens and dozens of reports of uh, two extremely talented trance mediums. One of, of course, the most famous is Mrs. Piper. Uh, But this is the form that received the most attention from members of the SPR. Uh, The investigators realized early on uh, that evidence obtained from physical mediumship is unreliable and can be dismissed on grounds of fraud, mistaken eyewitness testimony, etc., and that magicians were quick to jump on it and say, hey, we can do that. So, um, But trans mediumship, very different. In those cases, you can have complete records of what the mediums say or write. You can write it down. You can write down a complete record of what they say, what they write. So the question of mistaken eyewitness testimony cannot arise. You have a record of what was said, and you can compare it. You can verify it. You can say, are these facts accurate? So, the mediumship of Mrs. Piper. We'll pick this up in just a little bit and uh, talk about her in just a minute. Let's go to station identification. I'm such a tease, aren't I? And then we'll uh, talk a little bit about our star performer, the Reverend Divine. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays, 6 to 7, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 6 to 7, 
all times Pacific, at three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So the SPR investigated dozens and dozens and dozens of spirit mediums, uh, many of whom were so rigorously investigated from every which angle. They eliminated the diluted from the frauds and concentrated on several that they were, in their expert opinions, genuine. And we'll pick up some of these later, especially Mrs. Piper, um, who was a very fascinating woman. And, um, of course, uh, their opinions about her well after the fact that said, well, this could have happened and that could have happened, but we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. And let's, let's talk a little bit more about, um, father divine. We'll finish up with father divine and then we shall, um, deal with him in just a minute. Now, father divine had a thing called the peace mission movement and, uh, he, uh, as we know about Father Divine, he uh, declared that he was uh, God incarnate. He said he was Jesus Christ incarnate. He declared himself the Messiah. And uh, at one point, uh, he was arrested for disturbing the peace. And uh, he declared this incident was racially inspired. He refused bail, pleaded not guilty, and was tried and convicted. The jury asked for leniency. The judge ignored them and handed down a sentence of a year in jail in order to pay a $500 fine. So Father Divine went to jail. So two days later, the judge died, and Father Divine freely offered his opinion that the death was not the result of natural causes. Um, in fact, the follower, one of his followers remarked on the day of sentencing, well, the judge won't live long now. He's offended Almighty God. From his cell, Father Divine remarked, I hated to do that. And uh, the uh, since that date, by the way, the peace mission commemorates June 7th, the day of the judge's death, by publishing accounts of disasters that befell people whose activities conflicted with Father Divine's program. Uh, so Father Divine uh, moved his followers to Harlem in 1932, and he'd become a hero to the black community. And once in Harlem, he was able to expand the mission in response to the Depression. So he purchased hotels, which he turned into peace mission heavens. And members were able, through the mission's assistance, to have cheap food, shelter, a job, and a reformed life. So these members were instructed to pay off their debts, cancel insurance, refund any, return any funds they might have stolen, and in the future to pay their own way in cash. So the beliefs and practices of the uh, of the peace mission movement were derived from Father Divine's perception of the situation of the downtrodden in society, and particularly black Americans. So he proposed a total economic and religious program to reform the individual and restructure society itself. So the peace mission affirms that Father Divine fulfilled all the biblical prophecies for the second coming of Christ and the coming of the Jewish Messiah. God as Father and Mother are personified in Father and Mother Divine, his wife, and constitute humanity as one brotherhood. So Woodmont, his number one residence, is the mount of the house of the Lord, from which the law shall go to all nations. The mission viewed itself as the fulfillment of specific biblical prophecies and the essence of all religion. Faith in the one God, it accepts both the Ten Commandments and the Sermon on the Mount. And so from that religious perspective, a social, economic, and political program developed. Members looked for a day when America, as the birthplace of the kingdom of God, basically, Father Divine, would become the kingdom. In fact, the kingdom is equated with the principles of true Americanism, brotherhood, democracy, Christianity, Judaism, and all other true religions. The mission teaches that each person is equal in the sight of God and thus entitled to basic rights, life, liberty, and happiness, and every convenience and comfort of modern society. Each individual also has a responsibility of protecting every other person's rights and privileges, 
One step in that protection would be the conviction of all members of a mob that commits murder as first-degree murderers. And members of the mission live communally. All possessions are owned cooperatively, and all properties are maintained by the members without compensation for their work on this endeavor. The mission advocated full employment as a right and opposes life insurance, social security and credit, and installment buying. The mission admonishes members to pay cash for all purposes. On a personal level, all members adopt Father Divine's International Modesty Code. No smoking, no drinking, no obscenity, no vulgarity, no profanity, no undue mixing of the sexes, no receiving of gifts, presents, tips, or bribes. Within the group, men and women live apart. Within their businesses, the principles are enforced. For example, guests at the hotels run by the movement must adopt the code while staying at the hotel. Men and women stay on separate floors, even married couples. Women cannot wear slacks or short skirts. Men cannot wear short sleeve shirts. Visitors are not allowed in the guest room. On a social level, the mission teaches the equality of the individual and the right to freedom of worship and voting. Education should be free and in English, the universal language. All racial references should be deleted from books. The mission believes in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, particularly in the Bill of Rights. All people have a right to live safely and securely under the Constitution. Restitution is a basic step toward the ideal life as spelled out in the Constitution. The mission advocates nations returning territory taken by force governments restoring losses due to mob violence and individuals returning all stolen possessions. It advocates mass production as the means of eliminating poverty and social inequality. In putting these principles into action, Father Divine created a far-flung organization. At one point, it was estimated his followers numbered over two million. That's not an exaggeration. On these ideals, he was considered a communist and a threat to society, equal to the Black Panther Party, Martin Luther King, and other terrorists identified by the FBI counter-espionage organization. I have a uh, organization, I have a uh, excerpt here from a uh, documentary uh, that was uh, done on him, and I would like to play this for you. And... Um, We'll uh, go into our prayers and then end with a little bit of music. But anyway, here's a, here's a here's a clip that I made from a one-hour documentary that was done uh, before the media attacks that were uh, leveled at him at orders of the FBI. In New York, Harlem, the new squire of Carmelbo is better known as Father Divine, whose thousands of followers loudly hail him as God on Earth, whose heavens quake with the worship of his flock. Number one heaven, Father Divine's capital and executive mansion, is at 123rd Street and Lenox Avenue. It houses the Father himself and his cabinet of angels and archangels. Day or night, Father Divine is in touch with his executive secretary. And whenever the spirit moves him, he is able to chat with his flock. Peace, everyone. Everybody happy? So am I. Are you in the dining room? Yeah. And kitchen? Yeah. I'm right here. Yeah. Only on rare occasions does Father Divine hold a press conference. I did not and do not and will not receive compensation, remunerations, love offerings, donations or anything of that sort for my spiritual work and activities from any individual. I'm a free gift to the world, gratis to mankind. Fearful of being exposed, Father Divine edits his own newspaper, The New Day, which carries the advertising of Divine-approved enterprises entitled to display the Divine slogan, Peace, and Thank You, Father. 
In his scores of branch heavens, followers pay but $2 for a whole week's lodging. But Father Divine is chiefly celebrated for the unfailing regularity with which he feeds his flock. Twice a day for the past 15 years, he has provided his co-workers with sumptuous free meals. Evangelical banquets topped off with his magic voice. I'm still transmitting myself to the children of men whatsoever that means. Then I say, here you all are, and there I am. There I sit, and here you stand. Well, there you have it, a, a movement, a movement, mind you, based on elevating the poor and the downtrodden to a place of dignity and self-sufficiency that was working, that was harming no one, and that was utterly destroyed. Not utterly, because, you know, the peace movement still exists. It still exists. It just went underground. Because... You know, when you try to beat the system, not even beat the system, when you try to break away from the system, there are sanctions. Oh, yeah, there are sanctions. If you try to get away um, from the system and stand on your own two feet, oh, there are sanctions. And Father Divine suffered these sanctions. Um, I have newspaper articles. I can't find them. They they seem to have vanished, but I'll get them again at some point and read them to you. Um, there was a fire, a mysterious fire at Heaven Number 1. And uh, he uh, escaped barely by fleeing from a window. And uh, the article that mentioned this uh, talked about how his um, uh, Harlem Number One was under attack, and he was. Uh, it said he was shacked up with a bunch of shacked up with a bunch of his female followers, and he fled barely clothed through an upper story window. They made it sound very scandalous. It didn't mention that his uh, building was on fire. And it said uh, it was very contemptuous and made, uh, at this point, the press was ridiculing him. And it said, this is what happens when a Negro rises above his station. That's how the article ended. And when I was reading these articles, I was uh, infuriated. I was just infuriated because what did he do? He tried to help people, Black, blacks and whites, whites as well as blacks, poor people. He tried to help people. He had uh, orphanages that he had established in New York. Um, he was feeding the poor. He uh, he did not have charity. As you can see, it was not charity. He wasn't giving anybody a handout. He refused to give everybody a handout. He had farms that people worked on and earned money. And uh, he was trying to break people away from the uh, – uh, the prison of credit. Don't buy anything on credit. He said, if you buy property, pay cash for it. Save up money. And this is kind of the same uh, strategy that uh, the uh, the Baptist credit guy Dave Ramsey uh, talks about. You know, uh, 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 I don't. You know who Dave Ramsey is? He teaches these seminars from a Christian point of view about how to manage your money, and he tells you don't use credit cards. You know, put money up and save it. Um, uh, basically the same thing, uh, except except Dave Ramsey doesn't claim to be God incarnate. Um, uh, so uh, it, it's just a. I, I was just so I don't I don't know I, I get mad thinking about it. Um, but you see, this is what happened in the spiritual churches. Um, there would be charismatic leaders uh, attempting to fight the injustice of how. There, and there's no other word for it, a master race and a subjugated race. And it doesn't have anything to do necessarily with race in terms of color. There's a rich class and a poor class. And there's a system in place to keep it that way. And as long as we're passively part of that system, it will ever be so. Are we going to allow it? And what can we do about it? That's the question. And the spiritual church has always been in rebellion to that. And the spirits 
And the saints of the spiritual church has always been there to be called upon to support that effort. And we'll talk about Blackhawk in that in that effort as well. However, let's go uh, to our uh, prayers that I bet you thought I'd forgotten, but this time I thought we'd save it toward the end. And as you know, in the Crystal Silence League, we are a prayer organization, and prayer is always free. And if you go to www.crystalsilenceleague.org, you can post your prayers, and prayer is always free because we do, in the Crystal Silence League, support those who are often without anyone else to support them. We always support you. So let's go there. And we'll start with prayer ID number 72242, who prays and says, Your prayers have been working. Thank you. I'm working hard marketing my massage services, but few new people get worried when I tell them I live in a hotel. I pray to attract people to my practice who trust me and would appreciate what I have to offer. I pray for their trust, consistent work, and abundance so I can get my furniture out of storage and have a real home for my pets and a place for my clients to come to. May this be so. Amen. And prayer ID 72241. I pray for my parents to be protected from my sister and do what is best for their own well-being and safety. May they be safe. Amen. And prayer ID 72240. Urgent prayer needed. California is to ban the Bible. Please trend and make viral. California trying to ban Bibles? Really? Well, let's not let that happen. No religion should be banned. Prayer ID 72239 uh, for E&B to work out there with me. Amen. Prayer ID 72238 uh, to get X to make up mind once and for all. The X comes and goes. Fear of rejection plays mind games for attention. Uh, try to get him to forgive. He throws up the past in my face when I try to move forward. Uh, Taking time to separate him, to balance out, let him deal with his issues. In the meantime, pray for us. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 72236. Uh, the abuser of mom to be removed from our lives. So mom, no more abuse and money for her mo- for mom. Amen. Okay, here you go. I'm going to read it. Prayer ID 72235. To have plenty of sex with women. To have sex all the time. Uh, for someone named E to have sex with me and B to desire sex and newer old people as well. My polygamy to be able to get along. Amen. We, you know, we, we say them, you know, I guess sex is as good as any. Prayer ID 72233. Lord, please eliminate these drug dealers from our neighborhood. Lock them up, scare them away, get them out of Southside Heart Cell. Alabama fast. Have the police constantly patrolling and lock them up. Amen. Prayer ID 72232. My eight-year-old daughter struggles with social anxiety and possible depression. She has a difficult time in school and also difficulty making friends. I pray that the Lord helps her and also helps me to be a strong, supportive mom. Please lead us to the right doctors and therapists that can help her and make her childhood and school experience more fun, thy will be done. Amen. Prayer ID 72231. Lord, I call to you, dear fellow Christians, please offer me your prayers for God to do his will in my life and help me to prosper in all facets of my life needing help. I ask your prayers for love in my life in Jesus' name. Amen. And prayer ID 72230. I would like to thank all CSL dedicates who prayed for my daughter yesterday as she was writing jurisprudence. We believe that the feedback will come back with exciting news of 55% and above mark in Jesus' name. My humble request is that on the 12th of May, she will be writing insolvency tests. May all dedicates please pray that she had the strength to study and the wisdom and knowledge and understanding of the subject. This is my wish, so mote it be amen. And how are we doing on time? we got plenty of time. I'm going to pray some more. Prayer ID 7229. I need healing of high blood pressure and anxiety disorder. Amen. Heal this woman. And prayer ID 7226. 
Please pray for me to get my thyroid level out so that I can lose the weight I have gained and be healthy again. Also, please pray that Jay comes to me and we can have a happy and healthy relationship. She wants health, happiness, and love. Amen. Prayer ID 7225. I ask that you would pray for my sister to find strength to live again and that her depression and anxiety will ease to where she can partake in life once again. I also ask that her health improve, both mentally and physically. I'm so scared. I'm going to come home to her dead body one day. Doctors don't seem to be able to help her, and I'm now seeking divine intervention. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 7224. The job I'm currently working is going out of business. Pray for me to find another job. Amen. And prayer ID 7223, please pray for me. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish upon us the work of our hands. Yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it. Psalm 90. Amen. How about a moment of silent prayer for all those in need? of comfort and support and affirmation. Amen. Come back next week and we'll talk about the mediumship of Mrs. Piper, the Society of Psychical Research, and the development of mediumship to the 20th century, and how spirit manifests, how mediumship can be development, and mediumship in the spiritual churches. All that next week. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.